All right, this goes out to you, all you Todd Bates haters. All of you out there that are slandering his name on the recruiting streets. Just keep that same energy, Parker, when you're talking about Brandon Hall, who was just named the Big 12 Recruiter of the Year earlier today. There was a lot of energy on the text line yesterday saying, Todd Bates sucks. He can't recruit. He's the reason why our defensive line is going to be garbage next year. Okay, we'll see how well that take ages, but keep that same energy when you're talking about Brandon Hall. Big 12 Recruiter of the Year named earlier today by 24-7 Sports. So is that how we have to, uh, what, what, what we have to say every time we say Brandon Hall, do we have to say Big 12 Recruiter of the Year after that? Yes, I would say so. That is Big 12 Recruiter of the Year, Brandon Hall, to you. And look, I don't know that there is a coach that we have talked less about as a recruiter. Well, I, I shouldn't phrase it that way. I don't know if there is a coach that has flown under the radar as a recruiter quite like Brandon Hall has. Well, just even overall as a coach, because there's a chance that he could be your next defensive coordinator. Very that's good. Not, I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world to say. In fact, some people may think that that is a likely scenario that happens. Like He might be the D.C. Uh, in like two years' time. And you're right, man. We don't, As a recruiter, as a position coach, his background, we don't really talk a whole lot about Brandon Hall for were, whatever reason. Were, were people paying attention to the fact – that Troy had one of the best statistical defenses in the entire country this past season. You know who built that Troy defense? You know who was the architect there? It was Brandon freaking Hall. Yeah, the Troy had a really good defense this year. Mm-hmm. Like You go back and look at some of those numbers, they were really good defensively. Won their conference. I believe they won their bowl game as well with the really good defensive effort. So, yeah, man, good for him. Um, number 11 nationally and – how do they calculate this exactly? Just who you were the lead recruiter on, who you were an assistant like on? Like, how, how is this exactly It's a calculated? bunch of complex math that I don't pretend to understand, Tyler. They have a way that they tab it all out. I don't mm-hmm. – I can't explain it. Now, who cares? It, this is what it spits out. Brennan Hall, Big 12 Recruiter of the Year. Um, OU actually had a, a couple of coaches – for the uh, Big 12 Recruiter of the Year in the top four. You had Brandon Hall at number one, B. Hall, and you had uh, Jay Valai at number three. He was the number 15 overall recruiter. So, finishing as the um, as a top five team in recruiting, in terms of the national recruiting rankings, it, it, it shows in these rankings for and sure. And those are your two secondary coaches right there. And if there has been a continual bugaboo for the Oklahoma program, especially on the defensive side of the ball, over the last decade, I would posit that it has been the secondary. And so that's what you want to see in year one under a new administration is your secondary coaches locking down the best recruiting class amongst that position group in the entire conference and arguably in the entire country. Yeah. Uh, I did love that I saw Jeff Banks on here. Jeff Banks was number two in the Big 12. It just reminded me of G of the Monkey and, you know, that whole saga uh, about 18 months ago. Does the pole assassin count towards his recruiting class? Pole assassin is probably somewhere in the top five because she was probably a secondary recruiter on every single signee that Jeff Banks had. Yeah, I mean, come on. Pole assassin? You've got to incorporate her into Texas recruiting. Maybe that's why they got a top three class this year. Pole assassin. Something that we're not talking about enough. I don't know. Maybe. It's a pretty big story. The Holy Trinity. Quinn Ewers arch manning the pole assassin. Brian in Tulsa, how does being named Big 12 Recruiter of the Year affect OU recruiting? 
Um, well, it doesn't have a negative impact, I can tell you that much. I mean, they're, they're going to go after some big fish defensive backs-wise in this year's cycle, and it doesn't hurt Parker to be able to say, hey, 24-7 sports, name me Big 12 Recruiter of the Year. No big deal. Yeah, and it also doesn't hurt that at this point in the cycle, you know with relative certainty that you're going to get Eli Bowen and that you're going to get Aaron Flowers, and those are likely going to be two top 150 guys come the end of the cycle. So that's a pretty solid nucleus to build around. The sooner you can get those guys officially on board, the better off you're going to be. But knowing that you are already well out to a lead for two of the top defensive backs in the country in this cycle. Now the question becomes, what can you add to that? And I don't know that Oklahoma needs a hefty haul in the defensive backfield because they signed seven defensive backs. Yep. In the 2023 class, Bowen, McCarty, McCullough, Kendall Dolby, Josiah Wagner, um, Macari Vickers, and Jacoby Johnson. And you got one portal player, but does Pearson have one or two years left? One year. Yeah, okay. So So that's a one-year rental. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know that Oklahoma needs to stock up on defensive backs in 2024 the way that they did in 2023, but if you can get five or six – I'd say five. I, th- I think five is the sweet spot. Yeah. You can get five blue-chip defensive backs between the work that Brandon Hall is doing on the trail and the work that Jay Valai is doing on the trail. Uh, that's about as good of a start as you can ask for. From a recruiting perspective under this uh, new staff and new administration over the first two years. Pole Assassin has the leg up in Texas recruiting. <laughs> Very nice to ever sit that in the 918. When you were looking for text earlier in the show to help cheer you up, they should have just sent in that text two hours ago. That would have cheered you up. It cheered me up, and I don't even need cheering up today. I don't know why you were in such a down, gloomy mood today because, because of the weather. I don't know. It's but. a Wednesday, and the weather sucks. It's not that I'm in a gloomy mood. It's just that the energy is low. I'm like, dang. I walk outside this morning. I'm like, shoot. I need to, I'm going to have to conjure up my own energy for the airwaves this afternoon. Mm. Uh, Brian in Tulsa, so does Brandon Hall become BFH now? And then he says what BFH means. We know, Brian, what yeah, we, BFH no, yeah, we, means, but we, thank we you. all put that together. Thank you for clarifying. Gunny says, how did the State of the Union address, to, uh, address affect recruiting? I really hope it didn't. Not touching that one, Gunny. That's a no-win situation <laughs> for both of us here. Um, I will do this, and to, to figure out the answer, we'll go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439, because you're right. We don't talk about Brandon Hall enough, especially for a guy that might be your next defensive coordinator. If you had to take a guess, who's like the who's the favorite assistant coach amongst the fan base that's currently on the staff? Chavis. Chavis? That was a quick answer. You yeah. didn't have to think about that. Because his personality. Huh, okay. I might lean towards DeMarco would be a fan favorite assistance-wise. But let's let's find out from the text line, I guess. 405-651-3439. Somebody in the 909 said, I was just looking at current 24-7 team rankings, and Georgia has eight top 100 commits currently. Jeez. Yeah, that tends to happen when you win back-to-back national championships, Tyler. Yeah. And is that for the uh... – that's for the 2024 class. 24 class. Yeah, they have four of the top 12. Four of the top 12 currently reside in the state of Georgia. Four of the top 13 currently reside in the state of Florida. So Georgia is, they are legally able to go down to the state of Florida and get players too. And I know that they do that. So like yeah, Georgia is set up for success because of they've just won two national championships back to back. 
But they are like schools currently in the in the best location for recruiting. Georgia's got to be in like the top three with what they have in their own backyard in state. And Georgia Tech's really the only other in state school they're battling, which is not much of a battle right now for Georgia. And they have all those other uh, uh, states in the southeast surrounding them. Like Georgia's in a. I don't know if Georgia's going to be a dynasty in 10 years, if it's going to turn into one, but they're in a really good situation to turn this thing into a dynasty. Man, Kirby Smart's job is going to be so easy because you said it. You win back-to-back national championships. You know you're going to have multiple four- and five-star guys that are quite literally in your own backyard. I'm talking within a 50-mile radius of your campus that you're going to be able to go and secure. You've got strong ties in the southeast, which is where the majority of the talent is. <laughs> Georgia might be the next Alabama. And I say the next Alabama because I don't think Alabama's going anywhere, not till Saban retires at least. But 15 years down the road, we might be looking back on Georgia as a program that went and yeah. won five or six national titles. And, and Georgia's of more of a national brand right now than they've ever been. They don't have to leave the southeast to win championships. But if they want to go to the West Coast and get a five-star quarterback, you know maybe now they're able to. Were, were they always able to do that? I, I, I don't know, maybe. But they've got more national, more of a national brain than they've ever had, which is interesting now moving forward. Uh, text line, definitely DeMarco. Uh, this one says Chavis with four exclamation marks. Sooner Todd, Sooner Todd, don't do this. Sooner Todd said, I love all the coaches except Ted Roof. Uh-oh. You keep doing this, Sooner Todd. I'm going to institute another Ted Roof positivity hour <laughs> in which we that. say nothing that but nice fun. things about Ted Roof on the text 60 line. 60% were hour. about his voice and how deep of a voice he has, you know? Uh, that was great. From the 918, Parker could do a darkness therapy thing like Aaron Rodgers, and that would get, get rid of the gloomy. Four attitude. days, no phone. Does that sound awesome or terrible to you? Like, four days, no nothing. Like, not even light. <laughs> Four days just sitting in the darkness. That sounds like hell, Tyler. Yeah, it sounds like the worst thing ever. That I does sound like I the worst thing ever. I couldn't do one day of that. Aaron Rodgers is officially the weirdest high-profile athlete known to the human race mm, right now. Let me think. Weirdest? Let he, me, is, no, he is the Dennis Rodman of the 2020s. Let me get back to you on that. I, I feel like I could find someone else that's pretty pretty far out there. Kyrie Irving, right? No, no, it's still Aaron I, Rodgers. I think it could be Aaron Rodgers, And I too, say this as Kyrie. a big-time Aaron Rodgers fan. I say this as somebody that has long said Aaron Rodgers is the most gifted and talented quarterback of this generation. But he's a weird, weird dude. Peyton said, mine's Biedenboe. Dude just chills, rips Copenhagen, and loves his house <laughs> at Grand Lake. It does, it does sound like a pretty awesome guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> from the 972, I didn't watch the State of the Union, but in my class, Professor Betcher said, it was solid. Was too busy watching Braun Braun. Hey, say what's up to Mike Betcher for me. That's my guy. Uh, my Chavis has that days. BV kind of energy. He's awesome. Murray is a stud on the recruiting trail. That's from Gunny. Um, Lebby was on my flight last night from DFW to OKC. He wasn't wearing any OU gear and with his with his wife, I believe. He was sitting in first class, and we had this real awkward exchange where I recognized who he was, and he recognized that I recognized who he was, and I was making my way to the back of the plane. Rather than uh, hotboxing him, I just dabbed him up and said, glad you're still here. That's the, that's the right way to handle that. Very nice job. Uh, I Quick love- dab. Thanks for being here. Good job, whoever that is from the 405. One listener said, I love Ted Roof in the movie The Jerk. Um, <laughs> from the A five O, my wife said Brandon Hall is the best looking. Oh, okay. Well, BFH, 
BF, you, you forgot I, the BFH. I, 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 don't, I don't think we're gonna. We're, we're not to that point yet where we can make that a thing. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of Jackson Arnold's thing, right? We now. are uh, pretty split on votes. We haven't read all the text, but so far, like the favorite assistant on staff on staff. Joe John's getting a lot of love. DeMarco's getting a lot of love, and uh, Chavis is getting a lot of love. Uh, let's let's Three get a, way tie. let's get a Doug from Norman text going into the break. Oh boy, this will this will get the folks buzzing. So now you have identified who is twenty four seven Sports Recruiter of the Year. Now please identify who the Rivals Recruiter of the Year is, and who is on Three's Recruiter of the Year, and who is ESPN's Recruiter of the Year. What about Scout, after, Doug? After what about Scout? Who slash what is 24-7 sports other than one of four recruiting services and one of Parker's employers? Stick with your selective narratives. Does Rivals even have recruiter rankings? I'm on the Rivals front page right now, and maybe they do and I just can't find it, but I'm not not seeing one. I don't know if anyone has uh, recruiter rankings other than 24-7. Come on, Doug. What? Not selective. I just... It was on the front page today. Brandon Hall, Recruiter of the Year. Of course I'm going to talk about that on a recruiting show. Unbelievable. Somebody said, never trust a man with clear-framed glasses. Gosh. Ted Roof has to you go. You guys are just throwing hey. – Ted Roof catching strays out here for no reason. Listen, we're going to get it trending on social media right now. Everybody pull out your phones. Go to Twitter. We're going to get it trending on Sooner Twitter. Hashtag Ted Roof is tw- trustworthy. Yeah, and, and tag the ref yes. at KREF Sports, please. Will you tag us in that? No. Hash- I'll, I'll, I'll like them. You can take your pick. Hashtag Ted Roof is trustworthy or hashtag trust Ted Roof. Your call. Uh, what did that just say? <laughs> we just have a poem. Let me let me read it before we hit a break. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Doug from Norman is a tool. <laughs> uh, uh, the the rhyming and test. the meter re- will require some sharpening. No. Oh. Big 12 but. douche of the year, Doug from Norman. <laughs> Gosh. Well, hey, this uh, th- that's the only thing that can uh, turn everyone's attention from the Ted Roof strays is now everyone's attacking Doug from Norman on the text line. I st- hey, I, Doug, I love you, man. I love you. 405-651-3439. Madness has ensued on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm sure more of it to come next. Keep it locked on the ref. Man, a lot of you uh, really sent out that tweet. Hashtag Roof is trustworthy. Hashtag in Ted we trust. Hashtag uh, trust Ted Roof. Thank you for all the interaction. Great idea by you, Parker. Nice hey, job. Listen, listen. I, like that. I start seeing Ted Roof slander on the timeline. We're going to do the same exercise every time. Ted Roof Positivity Hour, whether it takes place on the text line or via the Twitterverse. Uh, Ref Army listening nationwide once again today. Butte, Montana checks in today. Come on. Love that. Is it Buda, Texas? B-U-D-A? Feels Buda? like so, feels like somewhere you've uh, you've uh, driven I, through I've before. never been B-U-D-A. to Buda, Texas, if that is indeed how you pronounce it. Now, all those Texas towns have weird, wacky pronunciations. So... There's a good chance it's nothing close to Buddha, even though that's Buda. exactly what it looks like. Like, uh, Udia. I always think of uh, Refurio, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's spelled with a G, but it sounds like an R for whatever reason. There's Bear. We don't really have a lot of room to talk up here in Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, Miami yeah. Miami is whack. Alec, though it's spelled Alex. You know, that's that's a big one for a lot of people. 
Uh, yeah, there, there's a few out there. Wichita, Kansas, Carlsbad, California, Franklin, Tennessee, and wouldn't you know, Anadarko, Oklahoma, hey! is in today after their great offensive they're, output. Uh, they're in the news cycle. Hey, you know what my favorite thing from that game was last night? Well, there wasn't a whole lot of favorite things from that game. I mean, it, Weatherford uh, beat Anadarko 4-2 to two in was the basketball it, uh, game. Was it the fact that the leading scorer was OU football offer C.J. Nixon? Well, he got points? his thousandth point! C.J. Nixon got his thousandth point in the game last night. It was a 4-2 to two final. But yeah, C.J. Nixon, he's just a sophomore, I believe. He, uh, I, I was about to say he's going to be a dude. I think he already is a dude. Hey, he's already scored a thousand points just as a sophomore in high school basketball. <laughs> yeah, that boy, good man. Yeah, good football player too. Um, d- does he does he officially have an offer from OU? I know that yes. they visited him yes. out there recently. He has an offer from OU. Yeah, that was uh, that was what a game last night, four to two. <laughs> That's made the uh, national news today. Maybe maybe get that shot clock in Oklahoma high school basketball. I don't know. That might be a good idea. Uh, Will Winery is coming to OU in March. She is. So that's you, you gotta. Is is that officially or is that unofficially? What's what's the that is status? Yeah, no, on that's that? a, that's an unofficial visit. I don't think official visits can happen until May, as I recall. Yeah. So well, good to get him in early like that. Um, they're trying to continue to kind of form that relationship with him, and this is a relationship-driven staff. Especially and that's Todd a relationship-driven kid, too. That is a relationship-driven kid. Yeah, well, hopefully that wins out in the end. Um, which, by the way, and I was going to wait until Travis to, to talk about this. We, we, can do it. we can do it when he comes on next segment as well. Four defensive linemen, we keep talking about it. Four D linemen, OU's in on currently in the top nine. How many of those guys do you think end up as a five-star in this cycle? Three. When Arian Stone already are. Nigel Smith's a four-star. Zadavian Sims is a four-star. I'm going to guess you think that when Ari Stone and Nigel Smith are all five-stars at the end of the cycle. Yeah, I think there's a virtually 0% chance that when Ari and Stone lose that fifth star somehow. Nigel Smith has continually flirted with five-star status. He had that fifth star for a minute, then the composite shuffled due to the rankings updates, and now he's one of the highest-ranked four-stars in the entire class. I think he'll get that fifth star. I think he's a tremendous player. I think he could be top 25 by the end of the recruiting cycle. So that is a guy that he's – I think there is a gap between Stone and Winery and Nigel Smith. It's not a substantial gap, though. Yeah, which, by the way, Nigel Smith just released his top 16 – Top yeah, 16. I, so he, he trimmed his list down to his top 16. So I, when I went to see him in November, he kind of laid out his plans to me. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do a top 16 first. Then I'll do a top eight. Uh, then I'll do a final five for when it's time to take my official visits. And then I'll commit in August on my senior day. And I, I was like, you know, he's sitting there explaining to, it to me. And, like, he's a very level-headed, very well-spoken, very mature, mature kid. And, like, he had a plan. He intended on executing it on a specific timeline, still does. But, man, I heard that. I was like, oh, boy, a lot of people are going to see that top 16. They're going to be like, oh, I roll at this kid. Penn State, Notre Dame, Miami, Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama, Texas. I guess this is Prairie View A&M. Yep. Georgia, Oregon, Arkansas, Oklahoma, A&M, Tech, TCU, and Rutgers. <laughs> yeah. Who's the most random name that's on that list? Is it Prairie View A&M 
or is it Rutgers? Yeah. I cannot decide. It might Dead be Rutgers. Heat. Dead heat. But no, the way he explained it to me, uh, a lot of those schools that made the initial cut down, he's just kind of giving an honorary hat tip to, basically, thanks for recruiting me. And within the next month or two, you'll see that list cut to eight. Right now, there are probably two or three schools that Nigel Smith is serious about, and I still heavily favor Oklahoma in that recruitment. But, you know, it's part of the process for these kids. Uh, It's not easy, and this is one of the things that people don't understand about the recruiting process and probably doesn't get said enough, but I hear it time after time from kid after kid. It's really hard to break off a relationship with a coach that's been recruiting you for months and in some cases years. So uh, it's – it takes these kids time in some cases to start telling these coaches thanks, but no thanks. Uh, that's That process is starting to come full circle for Nigel Smith, and so you'll see that list cut to eight and then eventually to four or five. Do you think the uh, Rutgers recruiting show today is going crazy that they made the final 16 I'll, I'll for what, Nigel Smith? I bet you Rutgers makes the final eight, too, because mm. he's, he's got a lot of You think they get a there. rose at the ne- next ceremony? A next uh, Another rose from Nigel yes. Smith staying in the top, top eight? Oh. Yeah, no, because it's, it, no, it's weird. But he's actually been to Rutgers like three or four times. And, look, there's no way Rutgers is going to sign a kid of that caliber. But he said, yeah, I just end up spending a lot of time there naturally just because I have so much family up in that area. As much as I love this show, and I do love this show, but I would not want to do this show ever again if OU ever lost a (laughs) head-to-head battle with Rutgers for an elite defensive lineman. Can you imagine what that day would be like? It would be a cold cold day in hell. Thank you. OU isn't even in the top 60 for 2024 recruiting, says the 405. Yep. What's going on? Fire all the coaches. Oh, okay. Tongue-in-cheek. I thought I thought that was going to be a serious Doomer text. Are but you not. kidding? Rutgers doesn't have a dedicated recruiting show, LOL. I, yeah, I know. I was making a joke. I doubt Rutgers. They're, most high-profile college football programs don't have a dedicated recruiting show. That's what I found out. They will talk recruiting, but... We are one of the few, maybe maybe the only, like sports radio station that has one hour dedicated to recruiting talk. Uh, Angry Ronnie says, I owe you two clowns lunch from a bet a couple months ago. Do you really, huh. Angry Ronnie? I don't remember that, Ronnie, but um, I, I let's will get I that will going, that please. In. Yeah, let's make it happen. There's what, we thinking Louie's, Velvet Taco? What are you in the mood for? Um, what was, how about, um, you mentioned a 405 Burger Bar recently. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was good eating for me a few weeks ago. 405 goes hard, man. Uh, that's pretty disrespectful to the birthplace of college football. Yes, Rutgers does claim itself in the stadium as the birthplace of college football. For any of you out there that used to play NCAA football as much as I did, uh, you saw that in Rutgers Stadium out there in East Piscataway, New Jersey. Thank you. Thank you for uh, putting some respect on Rutgers' name, text line. That's what we uh, – that's what we really needed today. How long has it been since Rutgers fielded a decent football team? I guess 2007, go- Mike Teal, Ray Rice, when they got to number two in the country. Were they, what? They were number two that year? Yeah, remember? Everybody the, was number two that year. Or was it 06? I, it was 06 or 07. Remember the, it would have been the aerial shot of they beat someone at home and everyone like rushed the field? Like That was a pretty big I – m- I remember that being a big deal. So Like on a Thursday or Friday night, they won a big game. The, 2000, the year 2007 in college football is infamous because basically everybody made it to number two that year. And what would happen was uh, it eventually became known as – the curse of number two, because yeah. as each of those teams would ascend to number two, they would lose. We had some teams 
I, West Virginia was number two that year. South Florida was number two that year. Yep. Matt Ryan and Boston College were number two that year. At one LSU point. was number one, I think, going into the final week of the regular season, right? They lose to Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Arkansas team at home. LSU lost its last regular season game and still ended up winning the national championship that year. The question is, will we ever see a 2007 again with the current structure of college football? Now, there's a lot of question marks next year. Well, I say a lot of question marks for Georgia and Alabama. We know that they're going to be pretty good. But Ohio State, do they reload offensively? Any chance that next year, not as crazy as 2007, but any chance next year with all the quarterback questions out there that we could see maybe a wacky year in the sport or forget about it, Nick Saban's playing Kirby Smart in the championship game next year. Yeah, and well, nothing's going to change. Like, here's the thing. There's been chaos in college football over the last five, six years. But in the end, it always seems like we're dealing with the same cast of characters when push comes to shove and you got a national championship to be played again. Hey, Alabama lost their last regular season game in 2017. It didn't matter. They won the national championship yeah. that year. Nebraska so. lost its last regular season game in 2001 and then lost in the national championship again when yeah, they well, got destroyed by Miami. And, of course, Oklahoma got shellacked by Kansas State in the 2003 Big yeah. 12 championship game and yeah. still went to the national title, which was controversial. And, of course, they ended up losing. But. Hey, I had Eli, before we hit a break, I had Eli Bowen written down in the rundown sheet today to just kind of, like, revisit, like, hey, um, Eli, he hadn't committed yet or anything. Like, is that – you made that sound like that's a pretty for sure thing for this 24 class. Yeah, that's a when, not if deal. Okay. Eli Bowen will be a sooner. Because we all know what happened with Peyton Bowen, his older brother, but we thought if you can get Peyton to Norman – you stand a really good chance of getting Eli to Norman. So Well, and we've been talking about Eli for probably close to a year at this point. The reality was, and it's something that we brought up on the show time and again, regardless of where Peyton went, OU was probably going to be the landing spot for Eli anyway. But if Peyton were to commit to OU, as was ultimately the case, that would effectively seal the deal. Mm-hmm. And so I think Eli naturally, much like a lot of kids, is going to make the most of the process, whatever that looks like, take some visits, see some schools. I I was up there at least some at this past weekend at LSN talking to Jamar Mosey, former Sooner, uh, Williams Nonary's head coach, Caden Green's, Green's former head coach, and he said, look, one of the things he tries to do is make sure his guys take full advantage of the recruiting process, and he said, Caden was always going to Oklahoma, as long as Bill Beadmo was there, he was always going there. But we, we made him take other visits because if you can get free food and a flight out of the deal. No kidding, man. And some photos at a place like LSU or Michigan, why the heck wouldn't you? Yeah. By the way, I was uh, asking Teddy, was it yesterday or Monday, if he remembered Jamar Mosey in 2000? He was like, oh, dude. Jamar was like one of the most liked guys on that entire 2000 team. Jamar is that dude, man. I love Jamar Mosey. It's he for, is a phenomenal human. It's being. a great place to have a, a have an alum that won a national championship here in that Kansas City area. I, I think that's a bigger deal than what most people realize. I mean, that's 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 a nice that's that's a nice little get right there, and that's, will continue to be. Yeah, it's going to pay dividends for years to come. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll catch up with Grill Boy Travis Davidson coming up next. Locked in with McComas, Thune, and now Davidson. And you know, Travis, I feel like I can get a you know, pretty good gauge on what Parker thinks on, well, just about everything from sports all the way to food. But when I presented him yesterday at 5 o'clock with our official over-under, 
at two and a half for four of those defensive linemen in the top nine. I don't know really what he really thought about that. I don't. I don't know if that how we process that information in our hot take there. Well, I mean, I mean, he's here right now, to Parker. I mean, what do you have to say for yourself? I'd bet the under. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> I'd bet the under. So did the wow. text line, by the way. Yeah. Well, hey, I you think... know what? I, I got to live up to my sunshine pumping brand. <laughs> I'm taking over. <laughs> and look, wouldn't it be nice if they were to get three of four or even all four? But no, I I would say this is the type of deal where you're not going to end up with too much of a good thing even as nice as it sounds in theory, and you probably get two of the four. Oh, now, yeah. it could be any two, but I think in order of likelihood Ooh, okay, right good. now, how about this? How about this? I'll give you in order of likelihood. Nigel Smith, Zadavian Sims, David Stone, Will and Winery. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I'd, I'd take any combination of the four if you're just saying two. Is there a world that exists? It, like, does it exist at all? That you get all four of those players, when Ari Stone, Smith, and Sims. Is, yeah, well, it, it, does that situation exist? Yes, and that that scenario does exist. And I want to be clear here: like there are some people that heard me rank likelihood, and they're sitting at home going, "Oh, so Parker's saying there's no chance we get Will and Winery. No, there's a decent chance. That's just that is how I rank them in order of likelihood. I still think the likelihood is pretty decent that Oklahoma ends up with a guy like Will and Winery, but I think they're in the driver's seat right now, certainly for. Nigel Smith, Zadavian Sims, and David Stone, and I rank Stone third of the three just because he's a five-star and we know how wacky those recruitments can get. But, I, yes, Oklahoma could get all four. That is literally a utopian scenario, though. Like that, what, what? Is, that is Todd Bates strong-arming the entire country. Which is, which is more likely, getting none or getting all? <laughs> <laughs> Text line says none. You know what they say. We already got that one. We'll be lucky to get just one of them. More likely they get all of them. They get ah, that's, hey, there we go. There we go. That's that's. I was just asking for a little bit of positive spin on that. But, hey, you know what? I'm just glad we're having these conversations, right? I mean, when's the last time that, you know, these conversations of, of having potentially three five-star defensive linemen in the same class. I mean, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even begin to talk about that in the past. So. Well, probably back in the day, Travis, when we were saying, uh, well, others were saying, ah, the Selmans, they got a list of brothers down there you got a really good chance at. <laughs> exactly. Probably then. Man, I, I can recall in sep- or December of 2021 when folks were juiced about Alton Tarber. <laughs> Right, that just yeah. shows you what, yeah. how, how high the expectations have soared in less than a year and a half. Exactly. Exactly. I, Sooner Gundy hits us with, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. I say all. Yeah, right. a boy, Sooner Gundy. Might need to play that song later on this hour. So if you were to get Nigel Smith and Will Winery, that would be an incredible haul. You think that that could, that could equal out to two five-star defensive lineman in this class, Parker. Which, you know, if if you're offering me that scenario right now, two five-star defensive linemen, even though the over-under is currently at two and a half, sent by Travis Davidson and myself, that'd be really, really hard to turn down. I wonder, though, if there would still be some upset people, even if you got those two, even if you were five-star, because you didn't get the other two kids that had Oklahoma ties. I, I just wonder how important it is to the fans to at least get one of the kids that has an Oklahoma tie out of the four. Yeah, and I feel like here's, here's what people need to understand and what I hope they would understand. And 
at, this is the point in the cycle at which we have to do our best to establish expectations for the fans down the stretch in the 2024 recruiting cycle. Um, if you don't get David Stone, it's not the end of the world, and it's not because this staff sucks at recruiting in-state kids. It's because David Stone is a five-star who has a lot of people pulling him a lot of different directions and a lot of factors that are going to come into play in his recruitment. If you don't get Zadavian Sims, then honestly, I think that might be a bigger concern. If you don't get Zadavian Sims, then if you don't get David Stone, because Sims is a kid who, because of his family dynamic, is never going to – I find it hard to believe he ends up going too far from home. Oklahoma's a two-and-a-half-hour drive from his home in Denison. Um, he got an offer in person from Todd Bates at the spring game last year. And OU leads right now. They lead straight up. I know they're Michigan State crystal balls. OU leads that race. I'm more worried about Oklahoma's ability to recruit locally and recruit in-state if they don't get Zadavian Sims than if they don't get David Stone. Sure. I see your point there. Yeah. How can you confidently say two when Bates struck out all year last year? Says well, for the same reason I could confidently say that DeMarco Murray was going to recruit okay in the 2022 class after missing on Kamar Week. 918, can we afford all four? Question mark, exclamation point, and about six money signs, dollar signs. Uh, can you afford all four? Well, David Stone said that NIL wasn't going to be a factor, right? And I don't think it'll be a huge factor for Williams and Winery as well. Now, anytime you're dealing with a five-star, no matter what type of personality you think he has or what kind of circle he has around him, you're probably going to set some money aside just in case you need to use it, right? But I... I don't think Winnery's going to be the type of kid that's swayed by NIL dollars. I know that's not the case for Nigel Smith. Stone is kind of the one I'm worried about, regardless of that tweet, man. Just because, and again. We already I, had the early signs it's going to be drama, Phil. I and, mean, for sure. And I referenced the Rashada situation earlier and how it was less about what he was looking for and more about what his circle was looking for. I worry about the same thing with David Stone. Sure. Danny Okoye, uh, Travis, up there in uh, your neck of the woods. January visits to Colorado, to Tennessee. He's got a Nebraska offer. Um, you got any confidence at all that at any point he's going to seriously consider OU during this whole no. thing, you know? Yeah. No. No, really none at all. Uh, you know, and, and that's a bummer. Obviously, I'm a big uh, 918 guy, big proponent of – um, OU kind of digging in in this part of the state, but I don't think no matter how much they dig into this part of the state that they're going to uh, uh, get Danny Okoye, maybe even on campus. So, um, no, I think, I think you know, everybody's kind of out in front of them uh, as far as defensive line prospects, especially local ones. And, you know, it's you got a lot of good ties. And then 2025, you saw all those offers go out. Oklahoma is loaded in 2025, uh uh, in the state, and then obviously in the in the DFW metro, so uh, things are just picking up. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, the staff is going to take some arrows from the fans for not getting Danny Okoye, but I'm not going to be the one that shells out any criticism for this one, Travis, because I mean, this, like you said, this kid might not even take a visit. He's really not even giving OU a chance. Right. There, there, there's some people, and this is what you know we have to understand, right? Not everybody that goes to high school in Oklahoma just their their dream is to play football at Oklahoma. It's just, you know, and I know as fans we like to think that because they're our favorite school, and a lot of us would say, hey, man, if 
if we were getting recruited right now, we may not even take all our visits. Just sign me up, you know. I'll be the first commit in whatever class. Like, that's that's not how a lot of these kids think. And a lot of these kids grew up the exact opposite. Maybe they just grew up OSU fans. Maybe they got OSU family. And it is what it is. But we can't just assume that every single person within the state line is just – their dream is to play for the Sooners. It's just not the case. Okay, this is a funny text where we hit a break. 5808 says, if we get all four, we have to make sure we save room on the roster for all of Kendall's essential in-state walk-ons. <laughs> texter on texter crime there. I don't I don't hate it. Kendall, the ball is in your court to fire back. What do you have and, to say uh, to 5808? And, uh, and, and Parker, back to uh, um, probably our, our most pessimistic uh, – uh, texter from the 918. He says, why are we wanting Williams and Wanneri on campus? Todd Bates will just swing and miss again like he did with McDonald Hicks and Randall. Yeah, why, why do you even bother to recruit elite defensive linemen at this point? Right. Three-star you. Yeah, we better chance if he doesn't come to campus. There we go. 405, yeah, right. 405-651-3439. One final segment of Locked In coming up next. Final segment locked in with McComas, Thune, and Davidson. Travis will join me coming up 3-6 to six like he does every single Wednesday. Hey, you have any uh, crystal balls in the works by chance? You've been uh, pondering for the past couple of days? Hmm, it's almost crystal ball time for this guy in 2024. Probably not, just because, mm. you know, we're in the midst of a dead period, so I... I need to put in a crystal ball for Bryant Wesco one of these days. That's probably I, I could drop that and nobody will be all that surprised. But do it right I, now. Yeah, yeah oh, right now. Okay, fine. I'll do it right now. We'll talk amongst ourselves while you're. Uh, this is cool. I think is this a first on air crystal an ball? on air crystal ball? Has this ever happened before? Oh, it's it's happened. I've just never made reference. Dude, to it Dude, are you serious? On a recruiting show, you've made a live crystal ball and haven't told me in the moment. Man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not sure I'll, about things I'll, I'll, now. Sh- I'll sharpen my game. Yes, please do. I would love um, to know. Okay, I am. Like, if you drop one from for Williams Winery, like I, and it happens during the show, I think that that would be pretty newsworthy. That'd oh, that would be time. newsworthy. But if I were to drop a crystal ball right now for Williams Winery, it wouldn't be for Oklahoma. Hmm. Uh, here's what Dominic Riola said. He's got a nephew that's a five-star quarterback in this class. I believe he's still rated as the number one overall player in 2024. Quote, Nebraska is a sleeping giant. Matt Rule is a mastermind at rebuilding college programs. Hold up, hold up. Wait for it. Wait for it. Predictions in. Ah, oh, sweet. Ah, uh, that was, that was and who, awesome. who is this kid, by the way? Four-star wide receiver out of Midlothian, Texas. Has a sister that plays soccer at OU right now. Uh, well, God. I know I always bring it up, but it seriously, every time we bring up a kid, oh, yeah, yeah, he's got a sister that goes to OU. Yeah, yeah, his girlfriend, yeah, plays soccer there. Yeah, he's got a girlfriend that plays soccer at OU. I, the, the, the women's soccer program, like, if they end up getting this, this kid, like, the women's soccer program has been very beneficial to OU recruiting. Tell me where I'm wrong, because I don't think that I am. But OU just seemingly always finds ties to some other friend or family member that has OU ties to work that in the recruitment. I, I keep noticing it. It keeps happening. Part of the uh, the visit experience from now on, at least for guys that are visiting in in season, should be to drop by an OU women's soccer game. Yeah. You meet the whole team. <laughs> uh, Zane says, is Parker's voice about to lower? I see what you did there, Zane. 
Very nice. I like that a lot. Um, all right, gents. Name a Sooner playing in the Super Bowl. You want to see lift the trophy the most. That's from the 731 area. Jalen freaking hurts. Uh, I hate the Eagles. I'm going to go uh, Creed Humphrey. Oklahoma kid. Yeah, that'd be cool. Really good offensive lineman. Seems like a really good dude. He had a heck of an outfit on, Travis, uh, when he arrived in Arizona this week. Yeah, Everyone yeah, noticed yeah. that. My, uh, oh, absolutely. My best friend to this day was childhood buddies with Creed Humphrey. That's like his claim to fame, is that he was in like plays. Plays? Creed. Creed Humphrey yeah, was Creed in a was play? A theater, Creed was a theater kid. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, Someone pull that. Who's ever out there in Shawnee? Can you get, hook us up with that, please? Yeah, he's he was a massive human back then as well, by the way. Uh, from the 580, if you can pick two O-linemen, what two linemen will end up at OU? I'm going to go with Casey Poe and Caden Massey. Casey Poe out of Lindale, Texas. Caden Massey out of Linden, Kansas. Four stars currently. You know Poe's a four star. Massey's a three star. Three star you. I love. Yeah, I love this text. Girlfriends, relatives, and friends are old school nil. Boy, ain't that the truth? Facts. <laughs> big, big facts on that one. I wish Creed and Jalen played on the same team. It would be very easy to cheer on that team. Okay, here's my thing. Creed's gonna get his. Kansas City's gonna be back to the Super Bowl in the years to come. Who's to say the Eagles have another year like this anymore? Well, I hope they never do. I hope they never do. So I'm rooting hope for Jalen. I don't like the Eagles either, but I'm pulling for Jalen, especially after all that he's been through. James Winchester lost his dad. OU legacy. Hoist it. Yeah, love that. But he already has a – not that I don't want James Winchester to win another Super Bowl, but he's already won one, correct? He has. Yeah, he would have won one a few years ago. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.